Welcome again to our Traversing Creation mini-series within the Traversing Emmaus podcast. This is a podcast to take us through Laudato Si, the Pope's encyclical on the care of our common home, and we'll slowly make our way through that document over the course of the next uh, 40 or so days. Today we're going to look at paragraphs 1 to 9. We'll come to the end of the little subsections. The first section is just the introductory paragraphs, then there's the section entitled, Nothing in this world is indifferent to us. And then the section after that is paragraphs 7 to 9, United by the same concern. After that, which is the next episode, Pope Francis talks about St. Francis of Assisi and some of his vision and ecological awareness of God's creation. But let's hear paragraphs 1 to 9. Laudato si, mi signore. Praise be to you, my Lord. In the words of this beautiful canticle, St. Francis of Assisi reminds us that our common home is like a sister with whom we share our life and a beautiful mother who opens her arms to embrace us. Praise be to you, my Lord, through our sister Mother Earth, who sustains and governs us and who produces various fruit with colored flowers and herbs. This sister now cries out to us because of the harm we have inflicted on her by our irresponsible use and abuse of the goods with which God has endowed her. We have come to see ourselves as her lords and masters, entitled to plunder her at will. The violence present in our hearts, wounded by sin, is also reflected in the symptoms of sickness evident in the soil, in the water, in the air, and in all forms of life. This is why the earth herself, burdened and laid waste, is among the most abandoned and maltreated of our poor. She groans in travail. We have forgotten that we ourselves are dust of the earth. Our very bodies are made up of her elements. We breathe her air and we receive life and refreshment from her waters. More than 50 years ago, with the world teetering on the brink of nuclear crisis, Pope John XXIII wrote an encyclical which not only rejected war, but offered a proposal for peace. He addressed his message, Pacem in Terris, to the, to the entire Catholic world, and indeed to all men and women of goodwill. Now, faced as we, are, as we are with global environmental deterioration, I wish to address every person living on this planet. In my apostolic exhortation, Evangelii Gaudium, I wrote to all the members of the church with the aim of encouraging an ongoing missionary renewal. In this encyclical, I would like to enter into dialogue with all people about our common home. In 1971, eight years after Pachamenteris, blessed Pope Paul VI, now St. Paul, referred to the ecological concern as a tragic consequence of unchecked human activity. Due to an ill-considered exploitation of nature, humanity runs the risk of destroying it and becoming in turn a victim of this degradation. He spoke in similar terms to the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations about the potential for an ecological catastrophe under the effective explosion of industrial civilization and stressed the urgent need for a radical change in the conduct of humanity inasmuch as the most extraordinary scientific advances 
the most amazing technical abilities, the most astonishing economic growth, unless they are accompanied by authentic social and moral progress, will definitely turn against man. St. John Paul II became increasingly concerned about this issue. In his first encyclical, he warned that human beings frequently seem to see no other means in their natural environment than what serves for immediate use and consumption. Subsequently, he would call for a global ecological conversion. At the same time, he noted that little effort had been made to safeguard the moral conditions for an authentic human ecology. The destruction of the human environment is extremely serious, not only because God has entrusted the world to us men and women, but because human life is itself a gift which must be defended from various forms of debasement. Every effort to protect and improve our world entails profound changes in lifestyles, models of production and consumption, and the established structures of power which today govern society. Authentic human development has a moral character. It presumes full respect for the human person, but it must also be concerned for the world around us and take into account the nature of each being and of its mutual connection in an ordered system. Accordingly, our human ability to transform reality must proceed in line with God's original gift of all that is. My predecessor, Benedict XVI, likewise proposed eliminating the structural causes of the dysfunctions of the world economy and correcting models of growth which have proved incapable of ensuring respect for the environment. He observed that the world cannot be analyzed by isolating only one of its aspects, since the book of nature is one and indivisible and includes the environment, life, sexuality, the family, social relations, and so forth. It follows that the deterioration of nature is closely connected to the culture which shapes human coexistence. Pope Benedict asked us to recognize that the natural environment has been gravely damaged by our irresponsible behavior. The social environment has also suffered damage. Both are ultimately due to the same evil, the notion that there are no indisputable truths to guide our lives, and hence human freedom is limitless. We have forgotten that man is not only a freedom which he creates for himself. Man does not create himself. He is spirit and will, but also nature. With paternal concern, Benedict urged us to realize that creation is harmed where we ourselves have the final word, where everything is simply our property and we use it for ourselves alone. The misuse of creation begins when we no longer recognize any higher instance than ourselves, when we see nothing else but ourselves. These statements of the popes echo the reflections of numerous scientists, philosophers, theologians, and civic groups all of which have enriched the Church's thinking on these questions. Outside the Catholic Church, other churches and Christian communities, and other religions as well, have expressed deep concern and offered valuable reflections on issues which all of us find disturbing. To give just one striking example, I would mention the statements made by our beloved ecumenical patriarch Bartholomew, with whom we share the hope of full ecclesial communion. 
Patriarch Bartholomew, has spoken in particular of the need for each of us to repent of the ways we have harmed the planet. For inasmuch as we all generate small ecological damage, we are called to acknowledge our contribution, smaller or greater, to the disfigurement and destruction of creation. He has repeatedly stated this firmly and persuasively, challenging us to acknowledge our sin against creation. For human beings to destroy biological diversity of God's creation, for human beings to degrade the integrity of the earth by causing changes in its climate, by stripping the earth of its natural forests or destroying its wetlands, for human beings to contaminate the earth's waters, its land, its air, and its life, these are sins. For to commit a crime against the natural world is a sin against ourselves and a sin against God. At the same time, Bartholomew has drawn attention to the ethical and spiritual roots of environmental problems, which require that we look for solutions not only in technology, but in a change of humanity. Otherwise, we would be dealing merely with symptoms. He asks us to replace consumption with sacrifice, greed with generosity, wastefulness with a spirit of sharing, an asceticism which entails learning to give and not simply to give up. It is a way of loving, of moving gradually away from what I want to what God's world needs. It is liberation from fear, greed, and compulsion. As Christians, we are also called to accept the world as a sacrament of communion, as a way of sharing with God and our neighbors on a global scale. It is our humble conviction that the divine and the human meet in the slightest detail, in the seamless garment of God's creation, in the last speck of dust of our planet. That brings paragraph nine to a close, and then it goes into the next section. But there's some very powerful and, and striking themes there. Um, one, if you remember just a few days ago when I was preaching on heaven, and I was talking about Heshmeyer's uh, challenge, really, that heaven is this place of ultimate freedom, and what would we do if we had infinite freedom? See, this is a problem that, that the Pope is alluding to in paragraph six. He says, um, authentic human development has a moral character. You know, it's not enough for humanity to progress technologically, ec economically, um, and so forth, and not progress as moral agents, not to become good, <laughs> not to become better and better. And it says here, such progress presumes full respect for the human person. So again, it's not enough for us to progress and leave disadvantaged people by the wayside and leave the disabled and the uh, people who might you know, seem to, to contribute less to the development of humanity. No, um, a developed humanity would safeguard and enshrine and dignify them for eternity. Lastly, it says here on, on, on the note of freedom, just looking for where it, where it mentioned, um, man is not a freedom, man does not create himself. You know, it, it really begs the question, who's who are we serving here? You know, are we serving primarily our own temporal concerns, which... On, on, on the one side will never be satisfied and yet need to be satisfied immediately, like like instant gratification is the means by which we seek to satisfy, satisfy those longings, and yet they will never be satisfied. Or are we really on a pilgrimage with our God and with each other as neighbors and as um, ontological siblings, as we say, with the whole of the created order?
we make this pilgrimage seeking not just progress in the in the material or um, economic sense but really progress into the fullness of life which is god himself the patriarch bartholomew rightly names all of those you know cascading effects on the environment as sin and he says it very unambiguously these are sins end quote um, beautiful powerful words to sit with as we continue our season of creation let's end with one of the prayers from the end of the document laudato si we'll we'll pray a prayer for our common sorry a prayer for the earth and then we'll pray one of the prayers that um, the office of peace um, peace justice I've forgotten the name of the office now, but it's um, the Australian Catholic, Catholic Bishop's office that publishes um, that published Cry of the Earth, Cry of the Poor. So we'll finish with those two prayers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A prayer for our earth. All-powerful God, you are present in the whole universe and in the smallest of your creatures. You embrace with your tenderness all that exists, Pour out upon us the power of your love, that we may protect life and beauty. Fill us with peace, that we may live as brothers and sisters, harming no one. O God of the poor, help us to rescue the abandoned and forgotten of this earth, so precious in your eyes. Bring healing to our lives, that we may protect the world and not prey on it, that we may sow beauty, not pollution and destruction. Touch the hearts of those who look only for gain at the expense of the poor and the earth. Teach us to discover the worth of each thing, to be filled with awe and contemplation, to recognize that we are profoundly united with every creature, and as we journey towards your infinite light. We thank you for being with us each day. Encourage us, we pray, in our struggle for justice, love, and peace. Amen. And the prayer for cry of the earth, cry of the poor. Lord, when we listen with your ears, we hear the bush grown more silent, the birdsong less vibrant, the stream's sluggish ripple. Have mercy and open our ears. Lord, when we look with your eyes, we see the soil depleted, the sky smudged, the oceans rubbished, and the great currents slowed. Have mercy and help us to see. Lord, when we look with your eyes, we see the workers who struggle to get by, the women subjected to violence, the people who are excluded. Have mercy and help us to see. Lord, when we listen, with your ears we hear the sound of hungry children, the distress of the mentally ill, the silent pain of homelessness, the silent pain of homeless women and men. Have mercy and open our ears. Send your spirit upon us, Lord, to renew our sight, to restore our hearing, and to reclaim your reign of justice for all people and peace for creation. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.